welcome to the Farming on Purpose podcast, a podcast for farmers and ranchers ready to shift for a stronger future. Today's challenges in agriculture are new, but the grit and determination required to be successful are not. On the Farming on Purpose podcast, you'll hear how producers of all sizes and practices are moving mountains for things they believe in, all in the name of an industry that keeps growing and innovating for a stronger food system and stronger farm families. I'm your host, Lexi Wright, and I'm excited to discuss where producers are finding success, challenging the status quo, striving for better, and keeping our heritage alive, all while producing the food we depend on. Welcome back to Farming on Purpose. It's Lexi here, and we're going to do a solo episode together today. Um, I've actually had several requests for this episode topic um, over the past year, and I tried to tackle it once on an episode, and I don't know if I did a very good job. So we're going to try to tackle it again because I continue to receive those requests to do this episode. Um, And what the topic is, is basically about time management, juggling all of the things, how to get things done, and just wanting to hear strategies that I'm using and that I've seen others use and figuring out what could work in your day-to-day. I'm not sure why people ask me this question because I don't know that I am an expert on it or um, really do a great job of it, but I do try really hard. So um, maybe it's the recognition of the effort that you're that you're giving here. But um, the first thing that I want to talk about around this is the season. I think that the season matters immensely when we talk about time management and trying to get things done. Uh, there's a season for everything, and it's taken me probably up to like the last couple of years to realize that and to accept that in my life that yes, some seasons are for growing and some seasons are for resting and some seasons are for pausing and figuring out what the heck we're doing here. Um, The dead of winter, which is what we are in right now as I record this, today is January 17th. So um, you'll hear this episode in a couple weeks, but it's the dead of winter. It has been a brutal couple of weeks here at home for us. Um, And... It's been it's been hard mentally for me to accept that we came out of some sickness right before the holiday season. Then we went straight into the holidays, kids home on break. And then post holidays, we have had some bitter cold and snow that has caused school to be out on snow days. And then the kids have been sick again. Um, So everyone has been off of their routine. It just has felt like a chaotic mess of us trying to get anything done. Um, because everyone, we are definitely a routine-based household. When people get off their routines, they get cranky. Um, it makes me cranky. <laughs> the house work suffers, which makes everyone more cranky. We live in um, a very small house right now. Actually, the house is large, but we're only living in a portion of it as we get ready to renovate. Um, so we're kind of all piled in here together. So we get a little bit of cabin cabin fever, we get a little bit of the winter blues, and we get a little bit of off routine, and that causes for kind of like a storm of just 
what are we doing? Everyone's like, I have no idea what's going on. Why is this so hard? Um, and I couldn't figure out for the first couple of weeks, I was really disappointed in myself um, for like, why was this so hard? Like, these are my kids. This is my family. Why is it so hard for us to spend time together? Why are we struggling right now to just get along and to not have like meltdowns every second of the day? Um, and it took me a little bit to work through that and figure out what was what it was. And I realized after some thought that it was the expectations that we were placing around it. Um, and I think that that's probably a good note for myself as I grow as a person that my expectations that I put on things are probably a good chunk of the problem most of the time. Um, but I, I typically do have pretty high expectations for how I think things should go. My husband is very similar. Um, and when things don't go that way, we get very frustrated with ourselves and wonder what we're doing wrong or why things are not working out. You know, the best of laid plans just don't come to fruition. And it's like, well, where did we get off course here? But um, along with that, kids being sick, of course, things are going to be a little bit more difficult to manage as they just don't feel good. Um, and then as I kind of walked through that and the expectations I was placing on the days that we were having at home, I was expecting my routines um, and my work output to be close to normal during those times. And that's just very ridiculous to expect um, when I have four children under the age of seven at home feeling sick off of their routines, needing things from mom. Um, so that expectation that I was placing on myself and my work output was causing a lot of the stress and the frustration um, that was that was sourcing from there. So the winter, back to the original point here, the dead of winter can be hard. I feel like, um, especially in ag, we are coming out of a very busy season from fall harvest and um, basically all of summer and fall just being chaotic, get all the things done while we can, um, while the weather is good, while the sun is up and we have light to see. And then we hit this wall come winter where it's like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what's next. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. But at the same time, I feel like I should be preparing. I feel like I should be fixing things that are broken so that when spring comes, we're ready. Um, I feel like I should be making adjustments. We always um, put the books off to do in the winter. So there's this list of tasks of things that we don't particularly enjoy necessarily, whether that's fixing equipment or fixing up the farm books um, or just being inside in general um, that happens in the winter. And we also probably, at least I know I do, have this kind of fear of rest. Um, it's... I'm getting better about this and realizing that you don't have to go full steam ahead 24-7. But we kind of wonder in the back of our minds, I think, when we pause and slow down and start to settle into like that winter routine of a little bit more rest, a little bit less daylight, doing the maintenance tasks, the things that are not that fun or the things that we maybe dread doing. And we wonder if we're letting ourselves slip. We wonder if we will be able to get back into produ productivity mood, mode when spring comes. Or we wonder if, you know, this is just us being lazy. Um, some of those like internal self-talk things that come up and make us feel guilt or shame or just lack of motivation 
to do the things at hand. So that's kind of the season that I think a lot of us face when we get into this January through March timeframe as we gear up for what's next. But we at the same time know that we need rest and know that we need to be in kind of a rejuvenation phase. So first acknowledging the situation and the, the phase or the season that you are in, I think is one of the most important things that you can do. Um, that way you don't expect ridiculous outputs of yourself that are not even making sense for the time frame that you're in. Um, and just adding stress because when we get in that mindset of like, I need to be doing something, I need to be doing something different or more or focusing on this and it's just not happening because it's not the right time to do that. It can feel like an inflated sense of stress that we blame ourselves for. So recognizing the season and what actually is important in that season, I think is the most important thing you can do. As I look back over the last couple of weeks, um, once I did finally, <laughs> took some time, took longer than I should have, but once I did finally realize that the purpose of this season right now is to rejuvenate in our home, to get everybody healthy, to, you know, just get through the cold weather. We don't need to kill ourselves being crazy productive and doing all these things that are not important right now then we had a lot better time and I felt a lot less stressed. So that's the first step. Um, the second thing that we can talk about here is time management, because I do believe that time management is important no matter what season you are in. Um, and recognizing that how you manage your time is probably going to change in those seasons, but there are some strategies you can use and some structures you can use to make sure that you're focusing on what's important at each time. So the first um, time management strategy that I have always used, I shouldn't say always, I think I started this when um, I was pregnant with my second um, and I was getting ready for maternity leave from work. Um, and I started trying to prepare other people in my office for what was going to happen during that time. So I started putting everything that I was doing on a Google calendar. Um, I, if, if I spent an hour doing a task, it went on there. If I spent five minutes doing a task, it went on there um, until I basically had a routine list of all of these things that I was doing and how long they took built out on my Google Calendar. So if at any time someone was like, well, I don't know what she did while she right before she left, they could go look. They could see what I did. Um, and then also if while they were covering for me while I was on maternity leave, they could go look and see, well, I don't know how often she did this or when's the next time it needs done. They could just go look at my calendar and find out. The other thing that this did for me is it gave me a really good sense of how I spent my time. Um, it gave me the opportunity to see if I was spending my time on the right things and how long I was spending on tasks. Um, if I was running into challenges that maybe could be overcome and so that I wouldn't have to do the same thing next time. It gave me a lot of insight when I did this. And I've continued to do this on Google Calendar for the past six years. Um, and I, I think it's probably one of the only things that has kept me sane um, through that transition of going from an office job to my own business and all the in-between time there. And then having three kids during that time um, and trying to stay on track with um, my growing freelance business with work, with home, with all of the things. Um, I really like the functionality of Google Calendar because you can do so much with it as far as events and meetings and tasks and lists. 
that you can put everything there and have it ready to click on when you are in that time. Um, two o'clock rolls around, you go to your calendar, click on the two o'clock slot, and you can have all of the information there that you need for what you're about to do. Um, so I find it very handy and it's a very easy way for me to keep track of things um, for the time that I need them. Let's see. The other thing I wanna say about Google Calendar is that you can use it to stay on task. Um, I do this through time blocking. So when I time block, what I will try to do is instead of just using my calendar for meetings, I will look ahead on my calendar and say, okay, I know that during this time frame, I will have time to work at my computer. What is it that I need to be working on at that time? So on my calendar, I'll just go ahead and put computer work for a two hour block of time there. And then I know later I can go back and fill in, okay, during this two hour block of time, I need to do X, Y, and Z. I need to send these emails for these invoices and check on these upcoming meetings or whatever it is. And having that two hour block there helps me think about my day spatially of, okay, I know I have this two hour chunk of time I need to fit other things that I need to do around that. Or if I need to reorganize my calendar because that two hour chunk of time is not gonna work there anymore, I need to fit that two hours in somewhere else because those tasks need to be done. So I kind of try to block my day off into these chunks where I know I'm going to be doing similar types of tasks at certain points of the day every day. Um, for me, what that looks like is I will, um, block off, let's, for example, say Wednesday afternoon. I know that every Wednesday afternoon, I want to be working on one particular client's work. Or every Thursday, I want to be trying to schedule my podcast interviews that I need to do for Thursdays. Um, maybe Fridays, I'm doing a grocery run, or I'm working on tasks that got pushed from earlier in the week. So I kind of have themed days where I know the general things that I need to be working on those days. And then I go ahead and I fill those time slots in with the specific tasks. The other thing this allows me to do is it allows me to give very accurate timelines to people most of the time on when things will be done. So I work with a variety of clients and um, they have different projects going at different times. When I look at my calendar, I can very quickly see if I have time to get a task done um, in that time frame, so I know if the task that they are that they need is a maybe two-hour task on my end, I can look and I can see, okay, where's the next two-hour chunk of time I have on my calendar that is not filled with tasks already? Um, so that gives me a lot of knowledge about where my calendar is at and how much time I have to do something. The other thing that this helps me do is to make sure that the tasks I am doing have a purpose. And this, I would say, is the number one reason that I prefer to use this method of time management. So when I look at my calendar, if I'm seeing a lot of tasks on there that I don't feel like I should be doing, or I'm doing just because I think they should be done, but I don't really enjoy doing them, or maybe I'm seeing these tasks that I'm like, I don't really need to do that. That's not a purposeful task. I can remove it. I can see it on my calendar and be like, why am I wasting my time with that? Why, what, 
purpose does that have? How does that reach me closer to my goals? And if it doesn't fit, it goes, it gets taken off. I just don't do it anymore. Um, or I figure out how to do it differently so that I'm not wasting that time. Making sure that my tasks that I'm doing in a day line up with my true purpose has given me a lot more freedom in how I spend my time and how I think about my time. And I would even say in how I say yes and no to other people who are requesting things from me, whether it's a client or a volunteer thing or family, anything, um, I can see very clearly if the way that I am spending my time in a day adds up and directs me closer to my goals. And if it does not, it probably shouldn't be on there. So I need to find a way to take that off. So when I think about these time blocks and I'm time blocking my tasks, this also helps me stay on task. Um, instead of looking around my house and seeing 50 different things that need done, um, which is very common uh, for me, I work from home and it's easy for me to look around and be like, oh my gosh, um, you know, I think the laundry needs done or I think that I need to go wash the dishes, um, the I need to go clean up the yard, whatever it is. Um, it's easy to get distracted by these little tasks that kind of add up and detract you from your goal for the day. So instead of just seeing these little tasks that need done and, and running around and doing them and getting distracted from what I wanted to achieve that day, I put them in my calendar. I decide when I am going to do those tasks. And I... Um, prioritize the things that are going to move me closer to my goal. So those things get moved up to closer to the morning. And not to say that housework is not an important part of my day and an important part of helping me reach my goals because I do have goals around housework and keeping my home. Um, but those tend to be distractors or things that I could spend a lot of time on without actually moving the needle for myself. Um, the housework will always be there. There will always be laundry to fold in our home. There will always be dishes to do. And yes, I need to do them. But if they are detracting away from things that I need to do that actually get me closer to my goals, then I need to make sure that I am giving them the proper amount of time, not all of my time. So that's how I look at that. Um, as far as organization goes, I really don't have a lot of tips around this. I spent quite a bit of time um, figuring out organization in the home that we lived in before we moved. And then we moved and all of that kind of just went out the window. We are still in the process of moving into our current home and renovating it. So we have a lot of stuff that is still in storage. We have a lot of stuff that is just sitting around because it doesn't have a home. It doesn't have a place where it should be stored yet. Um, so it's a little bit chaotic and that does frustrate me because I am typically a more organized person. But that would be my number one tip if you have the means to do so is to give everything in your space a home where it belongs. This makes it easier um, for if you have kids too, for them to help you clean up because the things that have a space, a home, they can put them in their home. Otherwise, it's like, well, where do I put this? Where does this go? And you spend more time answering kids' questions than actually having them help you do anything. Um, it also just makes it much more peaceful in your home, I think, to have everything have a home or your office or your barn or your shed or whatever it is. Um, because other people can help you then. Like I said, um, 
your kids can understand this system, your spouse can understand this system. If someone needs to go get something last minute in a hurry, they can they know right where to find it. You can quickly describe to them where to find it because the item was put back in its home. It just makes things a lot less stressful. And it visually in your home can remove a lot of stress. If you're stressed by clutter, um, giving everything a home helps. One thing that I have learned over time, and by no means am I an expert on this, but a few things that have helped me um, because I am visually stressed by clutter is to put, um, instead of things like sitting on a table where they can seem like clutter, I put things in baskets or in bins. Um, So we do a lot of like, okay, if there's little random toys that always collect in the center of the table until they get matched with the toy set that they go to, we'll put them in a little basket. It's like, this is a little basket full of trinket toys that don't have a home right now. So it's a home for things that don't have a home. Um, So again, I by no means am an expert there, but I very much so look forward to the day when we are more settled in our new home and things can be assigned their true place. Um, So looking forward to that day. Another organization thing that I have implemented that I feel like is worth it and makes my life easier is a file naming system um, for digital files. So we work really hard um, in my business to utilize a file naming system so that anyone can find the files that they need quickly. So there's lots of ways to do a file naming system. Um, Basically, it just is setting up a structure for yourself that you stick to. For me, I like to do levels of folders. So for example, um, different files that we keep, let's just use taxes as an example because we're working on that. Um, I like to keep all of our files digitally. So um, when we get things, I will scan them in or um, use a PDF photo scanner on my phone to scan the document in and I save it in a file that's called like tax prep or something like that. Um, And then I make subfolders for my husband's documents, for my documents, for farm documents, for business documents. Um, So we have all of those in there for childcare receipts, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and just naming those files and then naming or n- naming those folders and then naming the files accurately helps us to stay organized. Um, I do the same exact thing in my business. We organize things by clients, by projects, by timeframes, um, just to make sure that we can easily find and refer back to things if needed. This has taken some time. Um, because in a lot of our clients' cases, if they need something last minute, we can get in a hurry and not save things properly. Um, mainly me, my, my um, other folks that work with me in my marketing business do a wonderful job of this. Mostly it's just me. Um, so I have to slow down and remember that if I don't save this in the correct place, it's going to be challenging to find later or someone else is going to need it and I'm not going to know how to get it to them. Um, so giving everything a home in your digital life as well as in your physical life um, is really the only organization tip that I have to give. Uh, If you guys have other organization tips, I would love them because I feel like organization and any work that you do to keep things more um, organized, less chaotic is definitely work that pays off. 
All right. Um, the last couple ones here I wanted to chat about are how to juggle the different priorities in your life. This is one that I feel like causes me a lot of stress because I have a lot of priorities or roles that I fill um, as a mom, as a business owner, as a member of the farm or contributing person on the farm. Um, you know, we all have lots of different roles or things that we do and, and have to prioritize. And juggling all of those can be really challenging and make you feel like, well, when I'm doing a really great job on one front, maybe that's because I'm letting something slide on a different front. Um, the best way that I have found to make this work in my personal life is to build flexibility into our lifestyle. And that has taken a lot of time and a lot of work. It's not something that I've always had or had the option to do. But anymore, um, building time into my day where this time is for things to go wrong or this is time where I know that if I am not moving my business forward in the way that I want, if I know, know that we're not moving our farm forward in the way that we want, cleaning stuff up, things that we'd hope to have done by now, it's okay um, because there are things that are not going to go to plan. There are things that are going to take longer than we thought they were going to take. Um, people are going to get sick when we didn't anticipate it, things like that. So building more of that flexibility and recognizing that I might need a little bit longer of a timeline to complete something than I think I should have or that I think someone else maybe should have uh, just because of the responsibilities that are in my life at this moment and giving myself flexibility for things to go wrong or to take longer is the best thing that we have been, been able to do as far as juggling tasks. Um, as far as other things that we do to juggle and to stay centered on our priorities as we juggle those things, I think support in some way is one of the most powerful things that you can give yourself. It can feel really hard to invest in support systems for yourself because it feels selfish or it feels like, you know, it's a waste of time. You can get it all done. You can solve the problem yourself. But support systems um, are made to support you when you cannot do it yourself anymore or when you need a day or you need an hour to just collect your thoughts or get your ducks in a row, whatever it is. Support systems are there for when things go, don't go the way they're supposed to go. Um, a couple support systems that uh, we have been able to build into place or that I like to lean on um, anymore are online communities. This works well for my lifestyle. I know it doesn't work well for everyone's, um, but this is one of the biggest ones that has worked for me. A couple that I really enjoy being in, I'm in... Um, one that is focused on farm and ranch management for women specifically. I am in one for um, women who balance different roles in Western and agriculture life. So being moms and homemakers and business owners and all the things um, that are ag-related. And then I'm also in one that is specifically focused on women business owners um, and who have online businesses or partially online businesses at least. And those support systems have been invaluable to me. It is very easy for me to get stuck in a mindset of thinking that I need to do things a certain way 
or that I am doing things this way and that's the only way that they can be done. Um, so having these support systems and these sounding boards are really helpful to me to kind of get my mindset in a new place or in a way that I can um, find growth and find new opportunities versus just continuing to use things that don't work. So that is one that I really appreciate. Another support system that I have built in place for myself is to add contractors um, to my marketing business. This has been the only way that we have grown. I put it off for a lot longer than I should have um, because I didn't like the idea of having people on my team or managing people. Um, that's something that I really do not excel at or find joy in. Um, I just, I struggle with managing other people's tasks and and having those conversations. So it's something I put off for a very long time, but it is hands down one of the best things that I ever did for my business and for myself. Um, so that is another support system that we have built in place. Just a few um, that help us uh, around the farm as well. I would say one other support system that we have is my father-in-law. And he, this is not a support system we had to build. It's just the way my father-in-law is. He is always wanting to help, always available, always um, really excited when he gets to be helpful to us around the farm. So that's another support system that we are thankful to have. The last thing that I want to leave this episode with is the sense of purpose around how you spend your time and what you spend your time doing. That is the only way that I think juggling multiple roles and responsibilities really works. Um, if you feel like you are doing tasks that do not support your goals and the direction that you want your life to go, those tasks are going to feel stressful. They're going to feel like they don't belong, like they're not things that you should be doing. You might be tempted to not do those tasks at all. And then you feel um, guilt or shame that you didn't do tasks that you felt like you were supposed to do because they didn't align with what you're prioritizing right now. So all of those things are kind of just putting off decision making um, because you're, you're, you know these things are things you need to do. You don't want to do them. You don't feel like they align with what your purpose is. Um, and so it just kind of creates this cycle of I know I need to do these things, but I don't want to, so I won't. Then I feel guilty because I didn't. <laughs> and that's just a really terrible way to manage the things in our time in life. So prioritizing our time to spend the things on the things that we know align with our goals, filling in with the things that we know we have to do or finding other ways to get those things done, and then making sure that we're always focusing on the most important or the highest priority task at the time is one of the best things that I think you can do for yourself. And we all have only a limited amount of time on this earth. We don't know how much it is. So at the end of the day, looking back at your day and saying, you know, was I happy with how I spent my time? Was I happy with the progress that I made today? Um, did the things that I did today align with my roles and how I want my life to serve other people and to serve myself? And if the answer to those is no, then that's a sign that we need to reevaluate, that we need to look at how we're spending our time and see what adjustments that we can make. 
When we feel like our tasks have purpose and are leading us closer to our goals, we start to feel that fulfillment of knowing that we are on the right track, of knowing that even if we don't enjoy all the things that we need to do in a day, there is a purpose to them, that we are making progress, that we are serving a role that is valuable. That's what truly keeps us moving forward and focused on our goals. Um, and a lot of these things, they like big goals, they can take a long time. Growing a farm, um, that's not something that just will happen overnight for any of us. It doesn't matter what kind of resources we have available um, or what kind of situation we've stepped into. The fact of the matter is that you're going to have to build infrastructure. You're going to have to make changes to any situation you walk into in farming to get it to be where you want it to be. Um, and so that can take a long time. So focusing on not getting burnout through that process and knowing that the things that you're spending your time on are moving you closer to those goals, in my opinion, is what helps us continue to stay focused on those tasks and to not, you know, just feel like we're puttering around or trying to find things to fill our time. So what I like to do is to think about those roles that I play and what are the tasks that are most important to those roles that I that I have? What are the most important things that I do as a mother? What are the most important things that I do as a wife? Um, what are the most important things I do to influence our home and the the environment of our home? What, how can I best um, be influential in our farm and in getting that to progress where we want it to be? And as I look at those roles, the tasks start to map themselves out very quickly. Um, and it starts to make a lot of sense of how I need to be spending my time. And for me, <laughs> the lists get very long, um, very quickly. So at that point, it is a evaluation of what is most important. Is this role more important than this one? Are these tasks for this role more important than something else? And it, you kind of have to be a little bit heartless in this because not being heartless just pushes the decision down the road and then you can be very frustrated. So being being a little bit um, more strategic in those decisions and how you spend your time now allows you the freedom later to know that you spent your time well and to be able to make adjustments in the moment without having to stress about things not getting done because you know what is most important at that time. All right, the very last point I want to touch on here is um, on decision fatigue. And I think this is a concept that affects farmers and ranchers and people in agriculture a in an astronomical way. Um, but it's not something that we necessarily talk about. Um, but our brains form habits and patterns based on our routines. And every time we have to make a decision, our brain has to work really hard to weigh the potential outcomes, the information that it has to gather more information, to consider how we feel about that information, to consider how other people feel about that information before we make that decision. Sometimes this happens very quickly um, because we're forced to do it quickly. And then we often think about that decision for a long time and wonder if it was the right one. Um, or sometimes it is something that happens very slowly and we have to work hard to push ourselves to making that decision. Um, and we spend a lot of time and energy and stress worrying about the outcomes of that decision. 
So this decision fatigue is something that I believe impacts people in agriculture in a big way because we make a lot of decisions and we make a lot of decisions quickly. Um, the number of decisions that we make uh, in a given day is just a huge number. And it's it's because of the nature of the work. Um, so we're making decisions when we think about, okay, I'm going to go start the feed truck. I'm going to drive the feed truck over the frozen ground. I need to go this way, not that way. I need to, you know, there's just, there's so many variables in agriculture that we are constantly forced into these decisions in the moment, which is amazing. An amazing skill to build is that in the moment decision-making, but it's also exhausting. Um, and I believe it's why many people in agriculture are attributed with these ideas of like, well, they're very quiet. They don't talk. They don't want to be involved in X, Y, or Z because it's because they're exhausted from making a huge number of decisions. Um, not only can the work be physically exhausting, it can also be mentally exhausting. Um, really, there's not anybody to make a lot of these decisions for us. There's often times not people to bounce these ideas off of. It's just a person you, the owner or the manager, whatever you are out there on your own, trying to do the best you can and to make these decisions in the moment and really trying to make the decisions in the moment in a way that is going to have minimal impact on you later. So you don't have to fix things and also maximum impact on you later so that you can grow your operation on the bare thin, the thinnest margins that, that we have in ag. Um, so the stakes feel very high in a lot of these decisions. And that's what I believe tires us out the most. So the other thing that this time scheduling and this time blocking and deciding how you're going to spend your time before it happens, it takes just a few of those decisions off of your plate so that you don't have to wonder, okay, what should I work on next? Or, okay, what is the most important thing now? It, you already know the answer to those questions because you have decided. You've decided ahead of time and you don't have to wonder. Um, we also do this with meal planning in my home because figuring out what to eat for three meals a day for people um, who are picky eaters is like so stressful to me. When I come in from feeding cows and we're trying to get supper on the table and kids fed and bathed into bed, that is like one of the most stressful things that I experience. And it's not even that stressful. But so there's my luxury there. But um, removing those decisions and making them ahead of time removes the stress of the decision. It removes the exhaustion from just one more moment of the day where you have to have a decision made and your brain has to weigh options and, and evaluate outcomes. So that's the real power, in my opinion, in time blocking and time management and understanding how the tasks that you do on a daily basis add up to fulfill the purposes that you are pursuing. Um, so I hope this is helpful. If you are listening and this is impactful to you, I would love to hear about it. And our Facebook group, uh, if you're not in there yet, it's the Farming on Purpose Facebook group. And we are really prioritizing utilizing that group to be a sounding board for growing producers, producers who are looking to make a change, to get input from other folks, and to just be a supportive and collaborative space. So I would love to hear your feedback there and ideas and what you've done that has worked for you. I think we only can grow better by communicating together that way. So we'll see you next week. 
If you've enjoyed spending time with us today, please take a moment to review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or join the conversation on social media. Do you have a topic you would like to discuss or know someone with a story to share? Apply to be a guest on the podcast at farmingonpurpose.com. You can follow the host of Farming on Purpose, Lexi, on your favorite social media platforms for more content by searching for Farming on Purpose. And remember, if you look around your table and aren't inspired by the people there, it's time to find a new seat.